Another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of LA, the show of education, Irish whiskey community, and so much more. Today we chat with the most recent addition to the Tullamore Dew team at William Grant & Sons, Miss Donna Stewart. We recently sat down and chatted at the San Antonio Cocktail Conference, and we talked about life. We talked about this great opportunity with Tullamore Dew, drinking Irish coffees, and we just had St. Patrick's Day, so Tully is on my mind, and there's so much green to go around. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Donna Stewart from Tullamore Dew. Heavy cream, lightly whipped. And it has to be cold sitting on the top. Yeah. It is the most delicious cocktail. Like for me, and I'm not like, I don't have a preference just because like I work for whiskey, like, or I'm Irish, yeah. by the way. Um, Wait, you are? <laughs> I thought Stuart was a Scottish last night. <laughs> <laughs> it actually is, but I'm not Scottish at all, which is weird. Yeah. Because um, I checked it out. But yeah, Irish coffee is the way to go for me. And I yeah. had like one too many yesterday. I was serving them yesterday morning in the lobby. What a, there is a point at which it's it's a law of diminishing rewards. I think is what you call yeah. it. I'm thinking around four. That may be too many. What is it for you? How much caffeine are you? I think uh, if you're doing those small ones, the little perfect oh, little right. you know the little tulip glasses. Yeah. For me, I could probably do four of them. That's pretty. I think that sounds good. But the those big like mugs with the handle. Ooh. I could probably, I'd say after three, I'd get a headache. And I did once in Galway. I went there and I was just loving the Irish coffees because there's something that they do differently in Ireland. Um, so they, they make, they all have a coffee machine behind the bar. Okay. And it's like, a, you know, it's an espresso machine and stuff. But what the kind of coffee that they make, it's not filtered coffee and it's not an Americano. Okay. It's like, I don't know what they would call it. They just call it coffee, but I don't know what we would call it here. It's like the beans blend mm. and out comes this like fresh made full cup of coffee. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And then, but it's so strong. So then they add the whiskey and then they, you know, they obviously make it properly and it's delicious. Yeah. So I'm sitting in Galway, have one, have another one. I go to the bathroom. My, my <laughs> boyfriend orders me too. another one. And I was like, by the end of the night, like I was literally shaken. It's, there is a balance. It's tough. You know, I'd be interested to try like. What about a decaf Irish coffee? I mean, all right. I don't want to say that it's sacrilege, but it could very well be sacrilege. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Some people would stab me for saying that now. But, but you know what I like? I like the fact that you take this really strong coffee. You yeah. can dilute it any way you want. You can yeah. use water. You could use cream. But no, let's use whiskey to dilute it. Yeah. This is, this is why the Irish, they're so keen and they're so t- strategic with their products, right? Mm. I, you they know, know I, their stuff. They do. And I... I've been eating a lot of butter lately, oh. but Irish butter, and I can't, get I, o- I can't get over it because I, it's like I've forever fallen in love with the flavor of it. There's really nothing like Kerrygold Irish That's butter. That's right. And a little bit of spinach and eggs and like all this stuff. Anything. Yeah. Like a lot of people in Ireland use it to cook everything, right? So like instead of oil. Yeah. And it really elevates whatever you are eating. Dude, it's like a, it's like steroids. Yeah. You're like an okay player. But you put that Kerrygold butter in it. That shit just, it's all-star. All, and I'm not, this is true. I'm not, you know, I could be kowtowing or sucking up to the, the Tully ambassador, but <laughs> it's no secret that it's the best butter on earth. It is the best <laughs> butter on earth. You know, when people go and get like those allergy tests, right? Uh-huh. And they say you have to avoid dairy. They almost, everybody almost has said to me, except Kerrygold butter. Really? Yeah. Because I got it. Like I, they told me I couldn't do dairy, right? I still like cheat all the time. Sure. but. They, my, the girl said to me, but you can have Kerrygold. And my friend just said to me the other day, I can't have dairy, but I can have Kerrygold. And I was like, that is interesting. Oh, I like that a lot. And you know, when um, 
Kerrygold wasn't like always as widely available here. Mm. So like now you can get it kind of in all the major oh, yeah, stores. For sure. But it it wasn't when I first got here. I've been here for like almost eight years, and my mom used to freeze it and put it in her suitcase and take it over to me. Oh man! Yeah, I always have a little. You know, it's like how Moscow was. People just bring it over in their suitcase. Totally. And stuff, right? Well, so, you know, I've read through the bio and then, you you know, you're kind of new to the role with William Grandson, which is great. You're here in San Antonio, which is, you know, would explain all of the noises yeah. surrounding us that we're engulfed with. But this is a beautiful day. We got this nice view out of the window. But this whole story starts in Boston. So you're born and not raised in Boston, but born. How long were you living there? Um, So I was born in Boston, lived there till I was two. Okay. My parents had lived there for about eight years, I believe, um, and then they had my older sister, Kelly, and then they had me, yeah. and we moved back when I was two, back to Ireland, back to Dublin, and I kind of grew up on these stories of the, the fun days that they had in Boston, because yeah. pretty much everybody in my mom's town went to Boston to Somerville. What like, is, but, so what, what brought him to Boston in the first place? Like, what are they doing? Well, you know, economically, it was pretty bad in Ireland at the time. Yeah. And um, everybody was kind of going somewhere, whether it was England or off to work, right? And not, it wasn't yeah. that easy to go to America, but it was a little bit easier back then. Yeah. Um, and my granddad, so my great-granddad fought in the war, and he got American citizenship for that. Oh, great, okay. So my granddad on my mom's side went over to America in the 80s. Things are bad in Ireland. He can't get any work. Yeah. Wants to go over there and do construction. And he applies for a visa through his father and gets it because it was so easy back then. And then my mom went and all of, so all of his children. Um, so what happened was the entire family, which is, so my mom has four siblings. And my nana and granddad moved over to Boston. There was like 30 of them living in a house. Oh, and like man. all the neighbors, everybody from the same town. That's a real typical Irish thing. Well, it's a sitcom waiting to happen. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you guys had filmed anything. Totally, right? Wouldn't, that would have been a great show. Yeah. So if Just that's the 30 what it was, of us? Is that what you call it? Yeah. <laughs> to, in like two-bedroom apartment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, man. In humid Boston. Oh, yeah. gosh. But... Um, the stories they told me of that, like just think of that, all the people in the apartment and, and I, the parties yeah. they had and they all were working two, three jobs and yeah. just kind of getting by and it was so much fun and I was like, I think I'm going to go to America, you know? Yeah. And I had, I had a blue passport so I was like, I'm definitely going to use this. Um, so eventually I finished college at 20 Oh, that's pretty. Yeah, pretty young. yeah. Actually, it is kind of weird. Um, Dublin City University is that right? Yeah, University of DCU, Dublin, yeah. right? So I went. You start when you're 17, yeah. unless you started primary school a little bit late, right? Okay. But usually you're about 17 when you finish secondary school. We call it, which is high school sure. here. And we then then you go on to college pretty much straight on. And I did a business degree, and there was an optional fourth year where you go do a work away, mm. and I didn't do the optional year because I knew I was gonna go away and work yeah, anyways sure. so um i finished yeah it was just a business degree finished that 20 didn't know what i was going to go do so coming from a very large and in charge family does going to uni is that something that was an expectation did your folks do that was that just a common thing or you break the mold the only person in my family before me to go to college was my uncle terry wow. on my mom's side well uh, no there's people on my dad's side I think I don't yeah. know for sure, but um, my on my mom's side, yeah, only my uncle Terry. Uh, he went to Trinity, actually, kind of as a mature student. So really, later in life, um, so yeah, there was not any expectations for me to go to college. So what you know, what separates you? Where does this ambition come from, or this kind of because you're studying business, you're studying marketing, these kinds yeah. of things? Like, where, what what was the impetus for you to go? I was just always I loved school. I loved academia. Loved like, yeah, I loved school. Oh man! Now, don't get me wrong. I wasn't like a geek. Right, I was one of those sure, people. Sure, 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 of course. I was one of those people who was kind of like, you know, kind of getting the top grades. Like, you know, not not like the best in the class, but yeah. I was like the second level of people. So I was always getting like my grades good, but I was also getting pulled out of class for talking, messing, you know, hopping off school, yeah. going on the hop. We call it in Ireland. What is wait? What's the hop? Does that just mean ditching school? Yeah, I mean okay. ditching. I like hop better than ditch. Ditch yeah. sounds worse. That's where people end You'd up. You'd be like that, walking right? to school, your school bag, and be like, we go on the hop. <laughs> See, this is something. <laughs> I the amount of vocabulary I've been able to amass from these guests from these just internationally. I can't even imagine. I 
I can adapt to any situation now. I can talk about Buddhism and spirituality because I interviewed Mattias. We can talk about tapestries now, you know, and teas. Oh, <laughs> I'm just he knows his stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking the piss, right? But <laughs> that's good. So, okay, so you've got this thing. You finish at 20. You've got some tools at your disposal if you think about it. So what, what's next then for you? What's going on um, Oh, God, it's a long story. Well, before I left, right, I was a bit of a worker bee as well. Yeah. So I started working when I was 14, which was against the rules. You're supposed to be 15, but I you was were fi- work- You were 15, <clears throat> right? Yeah, just in case. <laughs> I was working at this place called Kids Own Me, and all my friends started working there. Yeah. And I was like a party host because I had to have my own money, had to have my independence. Like, there was a point, I, it was probably when I was about 12 or 13, I was like, Mom won't give me 10 euros. Like, I'm going to get it myself, yeah. you know? So I was, I kind of came from a family of like everybody kind of hustles. Yeah. So just because, you know, they didn't go to school, my parents, but like my dad has been in construction. Like, he built my house. He, like, he had, can make anything that you can think of. Amazing. We, we kind of were spoiled. Like, when we were young, I'd be like, uh, Dad, will you build me a wardrobe that has a desk in it and I can like, put all the stuff on, you know, put shelves on the top and have a sliding door and have a mirror here, like, and dad'd be like, okay. <laughs> that's, so, that's a hell of a skill to have. Yeah. I don't, all I've got are people that can make me a drink. Like, I don't have uh, anyone with, like, advanced skills in my life. Oh, I'll introduce you to my dad. Perfect. <laughs> my deck's getting a little, cr- like, croaky. So I think I need a refinish. But we'll, we'll talk later on rates and everything. Yeah, yeah. But so the, you got to hustle, and I, I love that because that's a different philosophy that's a different paradigm than the states in a lot of ways right yeah i think it's kind of interesting because you know in ireland not everybody before me right had gone to college but college is offered free in ireland right yeah so like you get you have to pay like a small tuition fee sure but um pretty much it's it's like comped right oh man so um so we were like always i kind of knew that I, i could go for free so i was like oh you know what i'll go to college but in America, it's like so expected, which is kind of sh- interesting for me because it's so expensive. Well, it's, that seems a little unfair, right? Because it's yeah. like, no, you should go to college. Well, wait, so you're saying that because you want to get an education because you want to make money for a long time. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a little duplicitous. I think, and like, no matter how much I loved school, I just think coming from my Irish state of mind, if I had to pay what you guys have to pay for college, I don't know if I would end up going. And what about advanced degrees? So do you call them masters there? Oh, a master's? Yeah, is that still discounted? You you have to pay for a master's, but it's not nearly as much as a master's here. Yeah, I'm still a little... You see these wrinkles in my eyes? (laughs) This is from that fucking master's I spent so much money on. Dude, I can't even. It's crazy. And people pay it off for the rest of their life. That, that That for me is like hard to wrap my head around. I'm very, very fortunate that I do not have any fees that I'm like still paying off from that. I am and college so was so MB. fun yeah. for me, you know, because like I didn't have to stress fun about that. And free. Yep, Ugh. and free. That's the name of the episode right here. Yeah, fun <laughs> and free. <laughs> Actually, that could be misconstrued, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so sorry. So I got a bit sidetracked there, but you asked me um, how, what did I end up doing when I came over to the States? Yeah. So I went to New York first. So when I had left Ireland, I was working in a bridal store. I worked in a bridal store throughout college, sure. uh, selling like wedding dresses, men's suits, stuff like that. So my uncle's um, partner worked in like formal wear. Oh, cool. So she is a designer. So I went to kind of work for her, work in her office in um, New Jersey, and I thought, oh, I'm gonna live in New York. You know, that it was sounds like, fancy, doesn't it? Yeah. I was like, that's going to be me. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but that's not what happened. I just kind of like didn't, nothing clicked for me. I think it was kind of because I was in New Jersey. And I also kind of knew that I still, like the adventure wasn't over, you know. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go on. So I went up to Boston and stayed with one of my uncles because I have a lot of family still in America. And I looked around and I was like, it's exactly the same as Ireland. Oh, man. That's yeah. good thing or bad thing? bad thing for me at the time because I, like, I was trying to see something new. Like right. I was like... I was just there. Yeah. Yeah. New chapter, so, new scenery, right? Totally, yeah. right? I was like, I'm going to America, not like everyone's Irish, all the Irish bars, like, you know. Yeah. Every- so I left Boston, went to Chicago, had the best week of my life. Oh my God. I, I, I love I, Chicago. I think I cried on the plane. Because you were leaving? California. Yeah. 
I I had so much fun in Chicago that week. Like it was it was mental. Yeah. Can't even describe. But um this woman had said to me in the bridal store, right? She was my coworker. She goes, If you are going to America, mm. go to Santa Monica and go get a job at this famous British bar. And she told me it, right? And I was like, uh, okay, like so I go to America, I go oh, I'll go to California. Yeah. I called a woman in California who was like my aunt's old friend. I didn't really know her. Yeah. I was like, mm, someone we know. I'll call her. I'll go meet her for a drink. She ends up bringing me to this famous British bar. I'm sitting there. Now, keep in mind, I'm only on vacation in California. I'm only supposed to be there for like two weeks. And then right? head back to Boston afterwards? Uh, or Maybe. I had a place to stay in Boston. Sure. I, was, I didn't know the next stop, but I knew, like I had a flight that I was leaving. Right. Um, and <laughs> I go into this British bar and I find out that it's the one that I was told to go to. And I was like, oh, man. And the manager comes over and he's talking to me and he's like, are you on vacation? You know, and I go, well, I kind of like it here. Like, I'd like to stay. And he goes, come in to me in the morning. I'll give you a job. <laughs> so I went on Craigslist. I ended up finding an apartment with four Irish guys. Like, we were all bailed into the apartment. Oh, kind of like, kind of similar to what my mom did. Maybe just that's not, the just most a few com- less people. Maybe it's the most comfortable way to live. Yeah. Maybe if you're used to it, right? right? Bunk beds. I was I was in bunk beds so I was in my 30s. Oh, these were like mattresses on the ground. Like, <laughs> I don't think that house had ever been cleaned. Oh, no. There was no, like, cutlery or, like, mm. you know what I mean? But uh, we had a, p- a lot of fun. We went partying a lot. And I ended up working in this bar and waitressing and having so much fun meeting loads of people, meeting a lot of British people who yeah. were from L.A., which was really cool. Um, and I think that's kind of how it helped. Like, I got my base there. Yeah. Um, but after a few months, I was like, all right, I'm not being challenged. Like, I need something else. Like, I have a degree. I should go do something with sure. it. Like, you know, but I wouldn't give up the waitressing because A, it was great money. B, I was partying every time I was at work. Like, yeah. it was just fun. It's good community too, probably, uh, right? Yeah, they're my, like, it's like our little family. Like, I still hang out with all the people who work there. Um, so I got a job for, it was like a start as an internship mm-hmm. uh, for an event production company. And it was corporate events. Okay, okay. No idea what I was getting myself in for, but I was like, oh, events sound fun. Sure. Right? So I started uh, working there. They, on the first day that they, I had my interview, they called me and they said, can you come to Nashville on Sunday? And I was like, yes. <laughs> like, what? I, I couldn't believe it that someone like was offering me a flight to Nashville. Like yeah. I was just, that to me is like the American dream. Right? Yeah, like they're paying for you to travel? That's, yeah. I mean, that's kind of flattering. Yeah. And my first, one of the things they asked me to do was walk Steve Forbes from his room to the stage. Oh, no way. Yeah, it was at like the, you know, the Opryland yeah. resort, so it's like massive. So I had to meet him. So I'm walking with him, like, and I was like, have I made it? <laughs> you, you could ask some people if that is having made it, and they would say yes. Right. And this is, how long were you in America at this point? Less than a year? Uh, yeah. I was probably like eight months in the, into the so state. You, ro- you rose Whoa. through the ranks, they say, <laughs> very, very quickly. I mean, I was still just the intern, yeah, but it but felt, still, yeah. felt big. Yeah. Being in L.A. and you're a waitress at a bar that serendipitously you kind of walk into and you get a job with. You've got a good community there. What about the whole thing about being an actress, writer, being involved with Hollywood? Did you have any interest in that piece either? You know, I did. Um, we call it like speech and drama. Uh-huh. Um, I did speech and drama from like when I was two. Yeah. Like so, I'm like a, I was like a little theater kind of girl. Oh, see, theater, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I asked because this means as a brand ambassador, you have a stage every night. Yeah. So totally. And I I didn't know. I think I kind of pictured myself maybe like being a host. Yeah. That was kind of one of those things. I was like, oh, I'd love to like host something. Like I didn't know that I wanted to act and like take someone out like someone's yeah. personality but um i kind of like wanted to talk to people like kind of do what you do like oh. i was like that's cool um so i came over but i never i kind of looked around and there was beautiful girls and beautiful guys and they were all like trained and yeah. they were fighting for auditions because of course all my coworkers, waitresses they were all actresses, actresses and like so talented and amazing but i would watch how hard they worked for it, and i was like oh I don't know if I want it that much, mm. you know, enough to be going to auditions. To across hustle town. that much. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, I kind of like didn't pursue that. I was like, you know what? I like being creative. 
I was like this event thing was kind of working out. I was yeah. getting it was a small company, so I was getting a lot of um, challenging kind of things thrown at me, and I got to work in like so many different roles. Like started as an intern, but by the end I was production manager. I had done stage managing, logistics, talent hiring. Like they call me the executive concierge on site because I used to meet all the speakers mm. for the conference and the talent and the musicians and stuff and I would kind of be like their handler for the week or whatever. So I was just hanging out with all the cool people. Yeah. I was like, this is fun. I didn't really realize at the time that there was a real job where you do that every day and I was eventually going to get it. Uh, so it is that the whiskey job? Because it's it's a I love brand ambassador things and we'll talk about the kind of the balance because the balance is difficult, you know you're traveling a lot and you're, you're drinking a bit and all that but we'll, we'll talk about that in a second but they came to you you came to them you seem like a great candidate but how did the opportunity kind of come about yeah so i was bartending for the past two and a half years in a irish bar in la yeah. and i loved it like that was like another little family still is like i go there all the time yeah um so one of the co-workers of mine he's from kilkenny his name's james and he just turned around to me and he actually said it a few months prior and I kind of dismissed it. And then he said it to me again, um, kind of probably last year in about May. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you know, my friend Jane has oh, the Jane. coolest job <laughs> ever. And he goes, they are looking for someone. And he was like, you have to go for it. I really think that you'd be good oh, at it. Man. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And he was like, just go onto the Facebook. It's like been posted, right? So I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, and I just continued working. And I went home that night and I went on the Facebook and then I went on like, you know, a tunnel of like all the different, I was like, what's an ambassador? What right. are these people doing? And then I'm finding all the ambassadors and I'm finding them on Instagram. And I was like, is this a, is this a thing? Like, what is this job? too good to be true. Right? Yeah. So um, I called Jane. Um, and J- I had did met you Jane. know Jane? Oh, you did. Okay. I had met her like uh, from bartender perspective. Like yeah. she had come into my bar. Obviously, she was Irish, so we chit chat and sure. uh, we talked about Tullamore Dew. And like, yeah, I just she seemed cool. I didn't like really get to know her, but I knew her enough to give her a call. Yeah. So um, I called her and I was like, Hey, like, what do you think? You know, should I apply for this? And she was like, Yeah, yeah, send me your resume. She talked me through it a little bit. And God, I think it was a pretty intense like. How many interviews did you have to go through? I think I had eight phone interviews. Eight? Wow, okay. I had to make a two-minute video, oh. like, telling how I'm a good fit for the role, how I work for the brand. But being a host in a way, right? Totally. And I had that, like, you know, I was doing photography, so then I really wanted to bring that L.A. element to it. So I brought in some of my drone friends, yeah. and I was, like, pulling everybody together for this video. Man. And it worked because they called me, and they were like, okay, we want to interview you in New York. So then you could fly out to New York. Have, I did, like, a 20-minute presentation, and uh, then, like, questions and answers. And then I was, like, biting my nails till I got the call. Man, how long did it take? How long were you waiting by the phone? As I think they told me, oh, God. Now, I think I did my interview kind of like on a Thursday. Uh-huh. I think I had to wait all the way to the Monday. Okay. So that's not too, too bad. It was stressful. Oh, I bet. Yeah. A bit of whiskey yeah. here and there. Yeah. But I was in Ireland when they told me. Oh, man. Because I kind of just used that like path from, from New York to go at home for right. a little while. Sure. And uh, so I'm in Ireland. They told me and I was like, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Went to the bar, got some Tully like, yeah. It's it was amazing. Like, and the past few months have been a whirlwind. When I can't it, believe I'm doing it. I mean, and you're here. We get these cool green felt chairs. Oh yeah. I mean, there's I, something I about I brought this. these in especially. Oh, oh, geez, I didn't even think about the how <laughs> emblematic they are. Yeah. This is perfect. Then we got whiskey in front of us. Got green chairs. But when I think about whiskey, again in the states, people culturally we have a different relationship with alcohol. It's we don't. We're not good at moderation in the States. <laughs> you can tell I was looking at people. Either we eat too much, eat too little, drink too much, drink too little. So for us, it's a, it's kind of a trigger when you talk about alcohol and stuff. But it seems like in Ireland, as a kid and ha- having many other roommates, was whiskey a thing? Was it a common thread? Was it a common way to celebrate a regular occurrence? You know... You smirked some. <laughs> <laughs> whiskey wasn't. Like, I don't think... 
especially around uh, my time, like we were not sipping on whiskey at the yeah. bar. We were drinking the like worst combinations. Like I think we just didn't know anything about drinking. Sure. And you know, they like in Ireland, they say there's a lot of stereotypes like that we drink a lot, you know? It's true. And yeah. I think that we can like hold our drink well, right? And some of us can't. Sure. But um Maddie's, for instance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I never really um like witnessed like my parents never drank at home. No. We don't really casually drink, uh or at least I didn't when I was there and my friends didn't. Like casual drinking is not our a thing in Ireland. Interesting. It okay. was you drink to party. I see. Oh. Yeah. So like whiskey that never really came into that because we were we're not sitting there sipping and talking and you know we're literally in pounding like vodka oh. Red Bulls. Like. This actually helps me understand the dynamic a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's I, that makes a lot of sense. So when do you think you kind of came to terms with whiskey as this thing where, oh shit, that's pretty delicious. What, did you have a moment? That- as soon as I started working at that bar. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was like, I think they just looked at me and then she was, they were like, she's Irish, she drinks whiskey. And they poured me shots of Irish whiskey. Sure. And they were like, let's do shots. You know, I'm not saying like day one. It's yeah, like, right. you know, after I was like in there and getting You're to know cool. it. You're cool. Yeah, it was cool. Everybody <laughs> was my friend. And they're like, want to drink? And they just pour me Irish whiskey. And I was like, I'm not drinking that. And they were like, what? And I was like, they're like, yeah, you're Irish. You're drinking it. And I was like, okay. You know? <laughs> Didn't take much convincing now. Yeah, no, it twist my arm. Like, you know, I'm up for whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I like immediately became interested in it. Yeah. Like, Drinking it to party initially, right? Like, because it's a great drink for partying. Um, but uh, as a bartender, as a waitress, like, there was so much interesting stuff to learn about whiskey mm-hmm. that I was like, this is, like, one of the most interesting spirits on the shelf. Absolutely. And uh, people didn't need any proof. They just assumed that I was an expert. So I'm bartending. <laughs> They're like, you're Irish. What whiskey do you like? And I was like, damn, I better start having some answers up my sleeve, you yeah, know? Yeah, right. So, um. I actually kind of always felt like I loved bartending, Mm. but my favorite times were kind of like in the afternoon when it's not like super busy and I'm just like slinging drinks and making cocktails. I like loved it when the guys would come in or the girls after work and they're just by themselves and they sit down and they'd be like, you know, they'd order their favorite whiskey. And it was like always my favorite thing to do to try to switch them. It was like a little game I played. I'd be like... Oh, that's what you drink. I'd be like, do you want to try something else? Same price. And they're <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. And they'd be like, I, I, I wouldn't have to tell them anything about it. I yeah. would just tell them my personal story of it. And like, I sold so much whiskey doing that. How much does the Irish thing help you here? It helps me every day with everything. <laughs> like, it is so nice to be, just to have people automatically like you. Dude, you get, it's like. I want that. How do you, you have a way to like a formula or anything? Anyway, I could sip that. I mean, we've got some whiskey, perhaps it's one way, but how I do think, I get this? How do I get Irish? I think you have to hang out with us. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, because a lot of my friends uh, in LA, like, because I, there's not a lot of Irish in California. Really? Oh, no. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so I have a little core crew that like, you know, is my Irish family, like, because mm. I'm like my sisters and brothers, but like, um, my friends who are like born and raised California, like, Sometimes they'll turn around to me and they'll be like, do you know that you've been talking for an hour and I don't know anything that you just said? <laughs> and I'm like, why? Like, I can't is understand accent? you? Yeah. This is, okay. you know, it's strange. So yeah. At home the other night, I've been watching, uh, have a strange fascination. And I think because I'm British at heart and I, I think I'm one generation removed, but I watch British shows all the time. And people from Liverpool speak a particular way. People <laughs> from Wales, it's a whole fucking other travesty, right? But I've listened to it enough now where I just can... I watched Bohemian Rhapsody the other night, and I could oh, understand. Love it. It was man, it was a lovely movie. It was so good. Super moving for me. And I just like have all those songs now that I want to like get. I just want to play the hits, dude, and dance around my room. Radio Gaga, their Live Aid performance. That was a remarkable, remarkable thing. But nonetheless, I was watching it with my girlfriend, and she speaks flu- fluent Spanish. Now I can't. Oh, he- I can't. My boyfriend he- speaks fluent Spanish. See, it's a nice blend, right? So I understood the movie. Yeah. But I can't understand the stand-up comedy special that she put on where this guy's speaking Spanish. So it's like, if you stick around long enough and you hear it, it's just these patterns that yeah. come about, you know? And so I don't ever have a hard time <laughs> understanding yeah. Irish folks. I don't know why. Totally, but. yeah. But but have you, like, hung out with people who are from different parts of Ireland? A f- like Just a few different parts, yeah. But not a lot of Okay, because the accent varies yeah. dramatically. 
sure. like you just described like the welsh the liverpool accent like that's what we have like think of the north of ireland the south of ireland cork yeah that is a strong accent love cork yeah that's a it's a yeah. very interesting one i have to i find if you don't listen intently you get it yeah it's kind of like half paying attention and then it's like oh that, okay i got it and they always like end their sentences like on the top like you know yeah. it's like a lull to it yeah and they everything ends high pitched and i'm like <laughs> as soon as someone opens their mouth like it's a, in ireland like we know exactly where you're from yeah as soon as you start talking i'm like belfast you know like Interesting. yeah there's a guy at the airport the other day and he was like um i think he said like excuse me so he could get his bag right and i was like dairy <laughs> and he was like yeah and i was like oh i was just in donegal you know chatting away with him like yeah I, you, the irish accent is an interesting thing and you know it doesn't just vary from county to county like people who live so I, i'm from dublin right yeah. um and i'm from the north side the north and the south side accents are dramatically even different. in dublin itself yeah but not out, only that from swords to like the next town over yeah completely different man I'd be like, you know, like we, we all kind of slag each other, like, yeah. <laughs> and it's all very territorial. So, yeah. like, someone opens their mouth and I'm like, oh, you know where he's from. I don't want to say any places, like, because they'll kill me. I'm sure, I'm thinking you know, places. the accent doesn't differ much between Austin and San Antonio. <laughs> yeah. So, we're all Texans. Right. And people can't tell I'm from Texas, which is good. I've spent years. And, but when I first moved from the Midwest to Texas, I would say pop. Which we say Coke soda. Here. Yeah. That's just kind of how it is. And I would never say y'all. I wouldn't dare it. I would I never say, say fix it. Well, it's now it's just the economy of language. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but I would never have said it. And then people could tell me it's from the Midwest. But ultimately, it's not nearly as vibrant and diverse as it is in England and in Ireland, you know. But I do love the Texas accent. Like, I heard a few people, <laughs> you know, like when someone just talks to you like a cowboy sure. or something. Oh, I can like, emulate it. Yeah. I'm like... Okay, now I'm in Texas. Like, I'm oh, walking man. around last night, and, you know, everybody's dressed kind of normal, and then someone just comes, like, dressed all slick sure. with their cowboy hat and their waistcoat and their belt and everything, and I'm like, oh, that's the outfit I want to wear. Man, it takes a lot of bollocks to fucking wear that outfit. Yeah. But I've, it's, it's funny because you're by this window, and I see kind of the foot traffic behind you. Okay. And it's a little bit sunny and beautiful out. There have been no less than 10 people with cowboy hats. So I suspect something else is going on because I know plenty of people in the cocktail industry – I don't know anybody that really wears a cowboy hat that often. So there's something happening. There's a convention or something going on. I think I want to be the ambassador that wears a cowboy hat. That's a brilliant branding aspect. I am like obsessed with country music, the country vibes of Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I'm like a stagecoach like every year. Like I, I just went for fun one year and I remember like ripping it out of the country songs because oh like gosh. it's so easy to like i'm good at like learning songs and yeah. i would know the song by like the first line because it's the same line you know it's like my jeans my boots my car and my beer and my whiskey and, my whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like i could write this song but then i just started having so much fun and i was like you know what i love this music like i, I love these parties i don't know how to describe the look on my face right now <laughs> but it is a perplexion yeah <laughs> i'm slightly yeah. perplexed well it's been long enough we've had these glasses of tully in front of us <laughs> nicely aerating while yes. we've been talking and i want to talk about irish whiskey because for me i think it is one of the most malleable whiskeys that you have and tully especially the one that i particularly like they had the cider cask finish mm. which i thought was brilliant because it was the only time that the apples really could come through even in some apple brandies it doesn't so Tell me some, you know, I know some of the fundamentals about Irish whiskey, but tell me some of the fundamentals of what makes an Irish whiskey, Irish whiskey, as I pick up my first Yeah, in the yeah, morning. get your first. glass. Um, so, cheers. cheers. Um, so, an Irish whiskey, there's a few rules, right? Yeah. Has to be made in Ireland. Ah, shit, that's right. And has to be, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> has to be matured for three years in Ireland, right? Okay. Or three years or more. So... The same kind of rules apply to scotch, right? Mm -hmm. But they theirs are matured for three years, right, as well. And mm -hmm. so their rule is three years exactly has to be matured. That's like the law. And with Irish, we were like, well, what if, you know, on the first day of maturing, we put <laughs> the whiskey into the barrel in the nighttime, and on the last day we took it out in the morning, 
So just in case, we want to make sure it's in there for three years. We do three years on one day. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah we just have to beat the Scots like a little bit, you know? Well, good, you should. Yeah, obviously, right? Obviously. So, um, so that's kind of like the core rules of what making Irish whiskey. But then there's just so much other complex elements. And Tullamore Dew, I think, kind of encompasses all of them into one because it's the only Irish whiskey that's made with all three types of Irish whiskey. So there's three types made in Ireland. Yeah. There's malt, grain, and pot still. Mm -hmm. And Tullamore Dew blends them all perfectly. Sure. Um, to be a blend of all three, a triple blended Irish whiskey. So it's what makes us really unique. Mm -hmm. And what I think it makes us is distinctively Irish, right? Like everything in there is, is three types of Irish whiskey. Like right. there's no other types. That, that's all the whiskey. <laughs> that's all you can get. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So we put it all in there and... Uh, uh, we also triple mature it in three different type of casks. So what you're probably hearing is a lot of threes, right? Sure. Everything about Tullamore Dew is the power of three. It's triple distilled, triple Cube. blended, and triple matured. I like it. What you know? I don't know that I've ever asked. Do you guys talk about the casks? Not specifically mm -hmm. the brands, but the the categories. Yeah, yeah. So basically, we we take so you know the way bourbon barrels like they can only be used once. That's a rule right. of bourbon barrels, right? So we take bourbon barrels that have been used once and we take them over to Ireland. So that's one of the barrels that we'll mature in. Mm -hmm. And then the second barrel will be like an ex-Irish whiskey. So previously oh, cool. had Irish whiskey in it, right? And then the third one like can be all different types. But for original, it's a sherry cask, right? So we import that one too. You know, I, ashamedly, I didn't realize the third one was a sherry cask. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So that's what kind of gets you those like fruity tropical dude i was just gonna say it's like yeah. there's some kind of like tropical even like a crisp apple thing going on that yeah, i had and yeah. I, I hear that your palate's the best in the morning i know it's 12 30 but i haven't eaten anything today no me and either it's like it's, actually, i can really taste you know it what? Well, i had an apple today oh really yeah so i think i actually started the day right i think so i had a yeah. cup of coffee that's oh. not that's not good enough compared no did apple. you have any whiskey in it it's a little early <laughs> I should. I mean, now I can rectify yeah, the faults. Yeah, because that would have been today. a meal if you had your whiskey with it. <laughs> well, good. But so it's then weird the that you lunch mentioned is great, right? The lunch <laughs> is going good right now. So. Yeah, it's interesting that you mention apple because so there they like experts say that there's 17 aromas you can get from a whiskey, right? Okay. So when you know the whiskey, like it's so hard to pick out like the things that you can smell. From right. It, you yeah. know, like it's like, but one of the things that a lot of people say about Tully is green apple. Yeah, not red apple, right? It's that crisp kind of yeah, like super a granny acidic. Smith. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of smelling this. I, I I tell you what, some people, there are certain whiskeys that they just ingest and they don't think about it. It's just chug, chug, chug. Oh yeah. But to sit back with some Tully and like actually sip it. Yeah. This is really really nice. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's my favorite way to drink Tully is neat. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways to drink it. Like, it is very, you know, works in so many different cocktails. Oh. Like, it's great with a dash of soda water or tonic or whatever. But, like, me personally, I just enjoy drinking it neat. Yeah. Maybe a rock. but Really? Maybe not. I'm, I'm, I'm all about this right now. Isn't it delicious? It's the best lunch I've had all week. <laughs> so, one of the things you guys have been particularly innovative about or exploratory i guess you could say so you've had a caribbean cask finish which is really cool the cider cask finish anything i could look and do the research but anything on the horizon that you guys are putting out that the more cask kind of they're definitely working on stuff cool now i don't like know what's the next thing up my sleeve but no. like if you go to tullamore like uh kevin our ambassador there will take you around and kind of show you some of the projects and he even lets you taste like one of the the like oh, whiskeys cool. that they're making uh, so you put like, you know, you draw, I don't know what that thing's called. Thief? But is that what is, it is this called? Well, that's what we call it. Wine thief? Is that the, Anna? Anna doesn't know. She's looking. <laughs> uh, I think well, when you pull it out of a barrel, we call it a thief here. Right. Yeah. So that. So it's the same thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, so that's really fun. He's, he has all different types of barrels. So when you walk through the barrel room, like you're looking at ones that are as tall as me, right? Like yeah. five, eight. And then you've got little baby barrels. So they're working on like a lot of different things, cool. but like I don't know what the next thing is. No, they won't I, tell you know, me. Let's just say that it's going to be good, and I'm not trying to get you to expose any secrets. <laughs> I, that, it, this is yeah. confidential, but I, I don't want that. But there are some other amazing expressions, such as the 12 year, which I really enjoy. I love how do you the feel age really? How, how well do you feel that age works with Irish whiskey? I think it's it adds something really interesting. Mm. 
Um, one of the things that was kind of fascinating for me, I didn't really realize, um, but like, so we have our 12 year, right? Yeah. Which kind of like is is really kind of like a rich one. Like it's kind it of, sure yeah, like I love it. It's got like those like wine, sherry, like toffee, dried fruits. Like yeah. I love the, the flavors of 12 year. Like it's probably after original 12 year comes next for sure. me. Um, but I found out that 15 year old is 12 year old for three more years, but finished in rum casks. I didn't know that. Yeah, is so it's- Is 15 available? It's oh a, yeah. It's like out and easy to it's get. It's called Trilogy. Like oh, we kind okay. of like, uh, we call it Trilogy or 15 year old. Sure. It's, you know, it trilogy a, gives it some drama though. Some gravitas. Those three. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, but uh, when I found that out, I was like, wow. So 15 year old tastes really different to 12 year old. Yeah. But it's the same liquid, but for three more years, finished in rum, right, for like a few months, yeah. rum casks. So that to me shows that a few more years can really change a whiskey. Mm. And also, obviously, like 70% of the flavor comes from the barrel, right? So it's so interesting to me what age can do. And then obviously there's our 14 and 18 year, yeah. um, but there's single malt, which is really interesting for us because everything that we do is a triple blend. So to kind of isolate it out them, like right? that, right? Yeah. It's, you know, what I, one of the things I think is particularly positive in this category is that it's rising. Mm. And I never saw it coming. Because Irish whiskey once was very, very prominent in terms of an economic status for Ireland. It was the most popular spirit in the world. In the world, right? And then, obviously, some morality sets in or some, what's the word? Zealotness? Yeah. <laughs> some shit like that, right? Yeah. Dogmatism. But, anyway, but now it's coming back. And why do you think people were particularly attracted and drawn to Irish whiskey? I think it's really friendly. Mm. Like... If I, like I told you, I wasn't a whiskey drinker, right? right? And I was introduced with Irish. And I think it's a great way to be introduced because after that, of course, like I started to enjoy different bourbons, scotches, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm still kind of like, my go-to will always be Irish whiskey. I enjoy it the most. Um, but it definitely was like an avenue for me. And I think it's because it's really friendly. Most of them, like, there's nothing scary about Irish whiskey. Right. There's nothing, um, what, like... I don't want to say the word, like, I'm thinking, like, snobby, right? But, like... Yeah, there's a lack of pretension, for sure. Yeah, right? It's a communal whiskey. Yeah, it's like, come on. Like, it's like the Irish. Like, right. welcome on in. Like, let's have a drink. Yeah, no, smell it first. It's none of that shit. Now, no. you would. But uh, that yeah, scotch is stuffy. I love scotch, but it can be really stuffy. Yeah. Same thing with bourbon. It, it, there's no pretension at all. Yeah. yeah. And I think another reason is young people are getting much more interested in spirits. Sure. And, you know, especially, like, when you get over that initial hump, like, you know, back when I was doing the <laughs> vodka Red Bulls, right? When you get over that, you start getting interested. Like, I was like, this is sh an, such an interesting spirit on the shelf. Yeah. And I think, like, these young people, young professionals are like, you know what, I want to enjoy something nice, but I don't want to break the bank. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's why I think Irish whiskey comes in, like, as a great introductory for that. I think so too. And again, the pr the one thing that, and I, I'd see that it, it changes with some of the other marks you guys have. I'm a stickler for not drinking 80 proof stuff. This is, but this is a product of having years of being discerning and kind of developing your palate. So that's right. one of the things where, so I'm always excited. Like the Phoenix, remember when that came out? Oh. Super high proof, but it's like, okay, finally I'm getting it all, oh, getting all yeah, that flavor, Phoenix. you know? So there's, there's so much room to grow as well. Yeah. In the Irish and I, I tell you like love teeling too and kind of what they're doing with the yeah. cast treatments it's opened up many people's eyes to the category and i think it's a much easier conversation for you now right when you're traveling i think it's like almost become like a reason to go to ireland like right like people would yeah. go to ireland for the drives and the landscape and like you know to go party and check out irish pubs and everything but it's like now you can go and tour all these amazing distilleries like right. go to all the different counties Find out what's different, you know, about the whiskeys in Donegal than the whiskeys in Galway. And like, it's turning know. into a thing. Yeah. I, lo I love it. There's much like the accents. Yeah. Diversity in those flavors. Yeah. So you're here in San Antonio. We've got a couple questions left for you. Again, yeah. th these green chairs, all the stuff, serendipitous, drinking some whiskey. You know, <laughs> actually, I hadn't thought about this question, but you want to be a host, yeah? <laughs> More than, but let's say, let's say you start a podcast. Right. Okay. You, Thought about it. You find your, you fancy yourself being someone who likes to talk to people and can carry on a conversation easily. Yeah, I can talk to anybody. 
Mm-hmm. I am very interested in people. Like I'm, if we're in a room with with ten people, like I'm happy to be with the crew and everybody's dancing and shouting and everything. Mm-hmm. But I'm turning to my left or I'm turning to my right and I'm talking to the person beside me and I'm trying to get to know them a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of my thing. So I'm not always the loudest in the room. But you probably talked to me and I pulled something from our conversation that like I'm going to remember or you're going to remember. And that's kind of been my thing. I have friends that age, like range all different age brackets. Like I find everybody interesting. Yeah. Like I love talking to like, you know, older people. And like, like you told me you're going to talk to, who are you talking to? Tomorrow? Ron Cooper. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm like that, like the stories you're going to get out of him, like stories is really what it's all about. Absolutely. Right? And no, no, nothing better than stories and whiskey. So I think I should start a podcast, and it's like I don't know what I'm gonna call it, but it's a uh, fun and free. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like whiskey chats, like because all yeah. I really want to do is have the chats. Yeah. Like so, that's I think that's why I was drawn to the host thing. I I like talking to people. I like getting people's story a little bit, like you. Yeah. Pulling it out of them and finding what they're interested in and what it's, makes them unique. Well, and this is the thing is like. I know you got more press to do today. You got something I actually hear in about half an hour. And I'm like, I'm glad it was the first one. Yeah. Because this should be pretty easy. It's an e- Talking to people isn't hard. Yeah. It's hard if you got an agenda and it's hard if you don't really want to know who they are. But ultimately, it's a very, very easy thing to do. So, for the rest of your stay here in San Antonio, what are you up to? So, we have a party tonight, yeah. which is oh, like... Oh, that's right. I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll see you there for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So all William Grant stuff's gonna be there. Tully's gonna be there. We have we have a William Grant party and we've got Hendrix, Orbium stuff. Yeah. Like yeah, there's Sorry, a lot An- going on. Anna just pulled the whole like she tough guy the the hostess into putting people at another table oh, just I to love protect it. it. This is the she's fierce man. What a legend. That was great. That helps me out so much. She has no idea. But the party tonight, of course. Yeah. So basically, like. I don't, I'm like crap at itineraries. Yeah. So I just keep turning around to people and I'm like, what are we doing next? You know? And it's not because I'm like leaning on them. It's yeah. like, I've looked at the itinerary. I haven't taken it in. I've never been to San Antonio. Yeah. So I don't know where I'm going. So I'm walking out the door and I'm like, which way are we going? And like, I'm with Jack and Jack's like, oh, this way, you know, dragging <laughs> me over. Um, but I'm just basically here to have fun. I got all my work done and wrapped up on Thursday. Yeah. So I could come to San Antonio and just party and have fun. Killer. Yeah. I think that's a great thing to and do in San Antonio. All the people. All of the people. And pull the, stand, loads of conversations with them. Right. You just stand like in the thoroughfare here. <laughs> and you're going to, I ran into no less than six people just from my walk over here. We tried to go to lunch yesterday. Yeah. And we were just walking, we walked from the lobby. We, we got stopped actually at the elevator, stopped in the lobby, went outside. I think we stopped four times on the road because whoever I was with yeah. knew someone and then they got a hug and talk. Yeah, and like, it's... It's a lot of that. I was but starving I, by the time we got to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> We're about 30 minutes late for lunch. Stop hugging. Let's get to lunch already. Jesus. But it's really cool because they're all, I'm getting introduced to these amazing people. Yeah. I'm obviously not very well connected in the industry yet. So like I'm meeting the best of the best That's here amazing. in Texas. So It's a lovely to hear. So here is my last question for you and something I ask everybody. You've talked to a lot of people and I'm sure you know what the question is because you told me you listened to a bunch of episodes or some, yeah. something which is cool great thank you so much for that because you're like what's he gonna do what is this gonna be like oh <laughs> i was like i gotta do my research <laughs> and so i just listened to all the ambassadors and i'm like and i learned so much about them see that's great it's like a dossier on yeah. the ambassadors you're here in san antonio and we're in this nice opulent room with the green chairs and you can have a conversation and a sip of tully original with anybody living or deceased now, this changes from time to time, so don't feel like it's the answer I'm going to hold you accountable for in right. 10 years, right? But who would you love to sit down and have a chat and a drink with? Damn. You know what? I listened to the podcast the other day, and yeah. I was like, if he asked me that question, what would I say? <laughs> and you forgot. No. No I, no, I literally sat in my car. I was driving Hollywood, and I was like, what would I say? Yeah. Like, it's kind of difficult because I don't have, like, these, like, people that, like, like right up my sleeve that sure, I, like, yeah. idolize. But someone who I want to hang out with. So don't ever hold me to this. Right? I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't. It's not really a conversation. It's more like I just want to hang out with this person. Yeah. Lucas Nelson. I don't know Lucas. Tell me. Willie Nelson's son. Oh, right. Okay. And so, I think he lives around this general area. And I'm oh my God. Wides are connect arms. me. Yeah? So he wrote um, 
all the songs for A Star Is Born. Oh, I didn't know that. And he's like the lead guitarist in the back, right? Bradley Cooper took all his like mannerisms Uh from Lucas Nelson, right? I didn't know that. I told you I'm mad into this country vibe. I'm still perplexed. Yeah. But I'm 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 opening up. I'm warming yeah. up to the concept. Yeah. So I want to hang out with him. I don't know even if we need to converse, but uh, you know I just want him to like play music yeah. and like drink whiskey with me. Um, but I think if I if I was gonna have a conversation with someone that I could take back and I would want to record, I would want your microphones, right? So I could record it and have it forever. It would probably be my granddad who's the one who went over to America and got all this started. Yeah. And he's got more stories than any of us. That's amazing. Boy, yeah. Did you say he was a World War II vet? No, well, yeah. it, his father was. Oh, that's right. That's right. So yeah. my granddad, Huey, um, passed away a few years ago, and all he did was tell stories all the time. Oh, and I'd be like, yeah. when, he t- when he'd start talking, I'm like, oh, here we go again. And now I'm like, oh, I I'd do anything. I wish only I could get, yeah. So I actually am starting a little um, video that I'm doing with my nana, yeah. and I'm calling it her legacy video, my nana Susie. That's great. And we're all gonna ask her a few questions about her life, and we're, I'm gonna film it and put it together, so that every single one of us remembers all those stories forever. That perfectly encapsulates why I chat with anybody. Mm-hmm. This will always be in existence, whether we are or not. God, I hope I didn't say you anything know. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's forged in history forever. <laughs> no, it's fine. This is great. It was lovely to finally meet you. I can't wait to see what you're up to next. And obviously, you're part of a very, very great crew. Some amazing spirits mixed in. And then there's Mattias. So <laughs> that's the third. That's the third little taking the piss from us. But he's gonna love this. I hope. I hope so. He's a lo- lovely gent. In fact, love him. Don, it's brilliant chatting with you. Thank you for sharing the whiskey. And we will have to, I'll see you this evening for sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I'll buy you some Tully. Beautiful. (laughs) Have a good one, yeah? Yeah, thank you very much. Well, there we have it. Donna Stewart, the most recent addition to the Tullamore Do team. We've talked to many great folks in the Tullamore world. And it's good to see someone driven, someone that likes setting up events, someone that likes drinking whiskey. Is part of the team now. So great, Donna, to chat with you during the San Antonio Cocktail Conference. And again, St. Patrick's Day just happened. I am really in the mood for some Irish whiskey. And I hope you guys are too. So thanks everybody for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how much cold brew coffee you can drink before you think you're going to die. Or if you're thinking, man, just one drink with Martin Sheen. That's probably all I need. Please keep dancing.